This episode, Euangelion. What say ye of Christians' call to evangelization? We've got plenty to say about it. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Behold, we announce to you great news. You've hit the play button on the Catholic Underground, the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 451. For those of you who are keeping score, I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. Joining me this week, Kathleen Lee. She's got a lot of pink on her laptop, but we'll take her anyway. Thanks. (laughs) Also... (laughs) Olivia Galino joins us. Hey, Olivia. Hello. And she's rocking her um, her military green jacket yes, there. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because she is part of the church militant, as you know, mm-hmm. as we all are. Baptized, confirmed. Full-fledged member. Indeed. Also a member up in space, Jeff Blackwell in the Jeff Star 1 near-Earth orbit satellite. He is uh, militantly kind of marching his way across that low Earth orbit. Isn't that right, Jeff? Well, yes, Father. Thank you, now that you put it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ed Ball also... Punching the video. Captain Edwall. Yeah, yeah. We just, I don't think he's a Commodore yet, but he's working on those stripes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've given it all I got cotton. It's always interesting because whenever we talk about the church militant, people typically think, oh my gosh, that's military language, you Mm -hmm. know? But really, a lot of what we understand in terms of of how we live our faith comes to us partially through military language. Mm -hmm. And so when we say that we're the militant, the church militant, it means that we are the church who are fighting uh, in fear and trembling. Uh, on the way to heaven, right? We right. don't just, we're not just kind of sitting back. And, and part of that work is evangelization. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the notion of evangelization kind of comes to us from a, a military sort of way. So we thought yeah. we'd, we'd take a little bit of, of a look at evangelization this week. And so that, that military look, right, that military understanding comes from uh, the good news that was announced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there were a lot of battles in the ancient world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yeah. Just like, well, the modern world, you know? And so whenever a, a Roman emperor would, like, smash his way to victory, he would have a herald, right? And the mm-hmm. herald was the, the um, evangelist. Euangelion mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. would be what he would announce, the good news. And so he'd run into a town whenever there was a new military victory, and he would announce, I, I bring you good news and what's interesting is is the evangelist would come into town and say, Euangelion, I announce to you good news. And the person that announced the good news, or rather the, the good news was coming from a certain person, a huius theu, a son of God. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, as you know, the pagan emperors were thought themselves to be gods uh-huh. or sons of the gods, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, how and do you say it? Huius theu. Right, so huius would be son, right? And then theu, of course, is of God, right? Uh And so, interestingly enough, in in the pagan world, whenever somebody would uh, announce a military victory, they'd say, the son of God brings you good news of this victory. Mm -hmm. And isn't that interesting Mm. that whenever Jesus prepares to ascend, Mm. this is exactly what he does. He is now kind of overtaking the good news of a military victory with the good news yeah. that salvation, redemption has come. The mm-hmm. battle has been won, yeah. The battle indeed has been joined and won. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's, it's really- also interesting too that like, you might have noticed that the the word angel is kind of hidden in that word. Like 
evangelization or oh, right. like the message, right? Yeah, yeah, and like an angel is just uh, a messenger, yeah. right? Like angelos in Greek just means a messenger, the carrier of a message. So I and guess you'd really call an evangelist. There, that would have been well, an, like like um like angelon, right? yeah, a, the the an angelon, mm-hmm. like uh, in Greek just means like to to bring a message to, mm-hmm. right? So like the message that they're the evangelists are bringing the the four specific ones, but then like. Um, you know, the four specific gospel writers, but then anyone who brings the gospel message, the specific message that they're bringing is Jesus. Mm-hmm. But um, the angels, they weren't just like the carriers of good news. They were, many of them, the different classes of angels, they were warriors. Yes. Right? right. Um, the, it's no coincidence that St. Michael is always in battle attire. Yeah. Right? And many of them, it depends on like what kind of choir they're in or like what part of the hierarchy they're in. But um, they might be like, defending the earthly realms they might be like kind of um keeping like the celestial bodies in or in not orbit but like in um yes holding them in sway and thank you yes um Mm -hmm. but they also might be like in specific direct protection of individuals like our Mm -hmm. guardian angels right but that protection involves an engagement in battle right right. so they are very much warriors right and so we talk about the church militant and the, the church triumphant, those who, who are participating in the winning of the battle, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those who are in heaven. Church suffering as well, right? Those who are, are presently awaiting beatitude, those mm-hmm. who are in purgatory. And those three classes make up this, this, beautiful, um, this beautiful universe, this beautiful realm over which our Lord is, uh, is, the, is the, the winner. He is the victor king, right? Yeah. In fact, in the chat room... Uh, Maurice says, Jesus is our eternal celestial 12-star general. Yes, indeed. That's right. 12 stars. I see what you did there. That's very clever. <laughs> that makes Mary a 12-star general, too. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. And so uh, when, we, when we speak about evangelization and the good news of the Son of God, that's actually a mandate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's not just a, a nice idea that, that, the, um, that the 11 plus Paul mm-hmm. and Matthias, it's not just something that they kind of got together and said, well, you know, we really, the, Jesus taught us a lot of good things and it would be great maybe if we went on a book signing tour. Right. You yeah. know, no, no, the, it, it actually came directly from Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. I suppose it would be, um, it would be good to, to dive deeply into Matthew's gospel a little bit here and talk about mm-hmm. that. So um, this is actually one of my favorite gospels, eh, maybe because we've been in evangelization work for a while now. But, uh, and I don't mean we, me, the royal we. I mean we, the Catholic underground. Sure. Um, this is the mandate. So to catch you up to Matthew 27, Jesus has suffered on the cross, died. He was buried. On the third day, he rose again. And then after his resurrection, he begins to appear to the apostles and he begins to teach them. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They receive the power to forgive sins. Uh, They also receive the courage that is given to them by the Spirit. And so uh, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's, that's not just a pious thought. This is the mandate as right. Matthew records it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as Catholics, you know, like as Christians, that's not just for anybody but for, for 
everyone, you know, and I think a lot of times we forget that, you know, that we're like, oh, that's great. The apostles did that. Paul did that. The early church did that. And now we are where we are. It's been done. Don't need to do it. Now the priests and the religious and the sisters can do it. Got it. Nailed it. You did it. Mm -hmm. You know, we forget that that's not just a mandate for the 11 plus, Mm -hmm. not just a mandate for those who enter religious life, but a mandate for all. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. Yeah, we we share in the apostolic mission. Mm-hmm. And we can maybe forget too, like the the efficacy of that, mm-hmm. you know, like the the great. This is called the Great Commission, right? They they were being sent out, sent forth, and like we are sent out. That's right. At the, the word end mission of every out at the end of every mass, right? right? Ite like, misa est. Ite misa est, right? Like, and, and that's why it's the mass mm-hmm. because we are sent forth from the altar of God into the world yep. to do what? To go and make disciples of all nations. Not to be like in people's faces, you know, like, do you love Jesus? But right. to be a witness to that's the right. love of Christ to the world. Mm-hmm. And I know him and I love him. Yeah. And because that exudes everything that I am, perhaps you would like to be drawn into that. Yeah. That, that message of salvation. In an authentic real way but like what I I love to show my students is like because they did this Mm -hmm. the the 11 plus the 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 specific people that Jesus was talking to in this moment because they answered this call and they went out to the known world at the time we can have the conversation that we're having right now in 2021 in Baton Rouge Mm -hmm. Louisiana Mm -hmm. and we know Jesus yes and that's a, a miracle absolutely it's nothing short of a miracle yeah if you think about how the apostles, they didn't go back to the upper room. Yeah. They could have, right? They, mm-hmm. they could have just said, because it says that they worshiped, but some doubted. They were still trying to work out in fear and trembling what it means that, that I now have been given divine authority, right? Yeah. Jesus says, all authority, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So you go yeah. and teach Govern and sanctify. Right. Those are the, the threefold uh, office, if you will, the threefold responsibilities of a bishop, a successor of the apostles today, is to teach, to govern, and to sanctify. Yeah. And so we see in the apostles that some are doubting, like, really? I mean, I, I, I think that about my own priesthood sometimes. I'm like, really, Lord? Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and oftentimes you have moms and dads who are looking into the faces of their children wondering, what will you be? Right. Thinking, Lord, really? Me? Yeah. You know, well, that was the pivotal moment. You know, we have all these guys sitting up in the upper room going, I mean, <laughs> if we all go home, then maybe they'll just like, maybe this will just be another religious maybe it'll fanatic. Yeah, uh-huh. well, yeah. Listen, it was a good year. It was a good run. Yeah. Three yeah. years. It was good. Mm-hmm. You know, but, right. but now like, I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to fishing or doing tax yeah. collecting or whatever I'm, I was doing. You know, and that was the pivotal moment. And can you imagine what would have happened mm-hmm. if even a few yeah. had mm-hmm. said, nah, I'm yeah. out. And yet, you know? and yet we find all of them, yeah. all of them going out. All in, of them. In fear, in doubt, in what the heck is going on. You mm-hmm. know, because Jesus stayed with them for a while, but it's not like he held their hand through the rest of their lives. Yeah. No, he was you know, 41 days yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, and then he was like, Okay, I said it. Yeah. Do yeah, it, you know. Right. And and you know, you can imagine again another moment of like, well, he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, again, but they, you know, in fear and doubt, they went out and did what they did, and did and did what Jesus asked them to do. Yeah. And like you were saying, there there are times, you know, you as a priest, us as as lay people, you know, it many times in our lives where we we're doing what we do, we're living our life the way we live. Those of you who work in the church, those of you who don't work in the church. Where you go, I don't know 
I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm a hundred percent there. Right. But the question is, do we do it because the Lord has asked us to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, or do we, in that moment of fear and doubt yeah. say, eh, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go fishing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, can we follow the apostles and the disciples of Jesus in that, in that way? Yeah. Or do we make the decision that they, you know, courageously did not make yeah. um, right. to just, you know. Okay. And they even from the angels got a little, a little nudge, right? Yeah. So if you skip over to Acts chapter one, we get kind of another account of the ascension and uh, you know, after he said these things, right, after he said the Holy Spirit will come upon you, after he said, you know, this is the mandate, he's taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Mm-hmm. So, so these, these mysterious men dressed in white, which we all know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they announce, he's coming back. So until he comes again, you heard the mandate. Yeah. Stop looking into the sky, go. And ex- that's exactly yeah. what they do. Yeah. And there's even like kind of Kath- what Kathleen was saying, like there's not this promise that it's going to be easy. No. And Jesus it's allows a them. Guarantee. Yeah. Jesus allows them to sit in their doubt too. Mm-hmm. But he noticed that he doesn't like push them away because of it. Mm-hmm. He still uh, like invites them into that deeper mission go and make disciples of all nations even though it says some doubted mm-hmm. right and even i'm thinking about like john 21 when peter <clears throat> is kind of like undoing or jesus and, and peter are together undoing peter's threefold denial mm-hmm. and afterward jesus <clears throat> excuse me tells peter you know amen amen i say to you when you were younger you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted but when you grow old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and you lead you where you do not want to go mm-hmm. right he's telling him the way that i am am asking you to go and the way that you are are you know have have been saying and are saying now mm-hmm. by wanting to follow my uh, to to tend my sheep to feed my lambs right it's going to be difficult right but he said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. Right. Right. That's the only way. The, and the only way ultimately uh, is, is as a martyr for the faith. Yeah. And uh, is like, oh, Father, really? I'm like, we, absolutely. We, we must be willing to be friends of Jesus. That was what the, uh, what the Jesuits were first called, right? The companions mm-hmm. of the friends of Jesus. Uh, you have no greater love than to lay down your life for your friend. Jesus lays down his life for us. And then if we would be his not only disciples, but also friends in ministry, we must be willing to lay down our lives for him and for that message. Yeah. And nowadays in 2021, in, in at least in, in the West for the most part, uh, the way that we lay down our lives is by laying down our reputation. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get uh, just turn on the news, especially right now. Uh, we have to lay down our reputation in order to say, no, no, I, I stand for Christ in his church. I stand for the mandate. I, I, mm-hmm. I live 
for the good news that is not the same news that the world tries to tell me is good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is really where we find ourselves in every age is being willing to lay down our lives, whether that means martyrdom. I mean, there, there are still parts, even just this past week, there are parts of the church in Africa yeah. where Catholics and Anglicans and even evangelical Christians are laying down their life because they have come to know and to worship Jesus Christ, and this is how they wish to live. It's certainly happening in communist China. It's mm-hmm. certainly happening in, uh, in other parts of the East that are, that are uh, communist or socialist ruled. Or it's even happening in some Christian countries that are Christian in name uh, that, that are not advancing gospel principles but simply using Christianity as a foil mm-hmm. for, uh, for government corruption and things of that nature. Um, so, I mean, got to tell it like it is because that's exactly what's happening. But the mark of the Christian who is an evangelist is one who's willing to, to go into the fray. The one who's willing to say, you know what, no matter what, like, like Thomas, I'm going to India, right? Yeah. Like James, I'm going back to Jerusalem and I'm going to, to, to work with uh, the, the Jewish brothers and sisters there. And we see that the apostles, 12 people, right? They, they go out and now there is rarely a place on earth that has not had the gospel announced to it. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's impossible, but it is possible in the eyes of God. Yeah. 12 people, you know, and, and that's really how we fit into that. So, so what the apostles do, the divine authority that's shared with them, is, is to make disciples in baptism, to, to forgive sins as was given to them by Jesus with, with the keys given to Peter to bind and to loose, and specifically to, to loose people from the throes of sin and death and to bind them to Jesus, Right. Uh, to celebrate the Eucharist, of course, if you, if you listen to episode 450 or read John chapter 6 on your very own, this is exactly what the apostles were mandated to do by the Lord in service. And then they, in, in turn, teach and govern and sanctify with, with those things. So that's a little bit about what evangelization means. And uh, we'll talk in just a moment about what evangelization does. But first, we should tell you that we are the Catholic Underground. Yep, the Catholic Underground is streaming just about every week on Sundays at catholicunderground.tv or you're watching us uh, on Catholic Faith Network or Catholic TV or perhaps anywhere else a fine Catholic video is served. I'm Father Chris Decker, uh, also Kathleen Lee, yep. Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell in space, and Ed Ball running the video. And of course we should say that for those of you who have been listening to us since... T- 2006 in podcast form we're still available as a podcast and we are uh, most happily available as a podcast as well we always say podcast first you know so that's why we try to describe the things that kathleen says look at that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so we try we do uh i think yeah yeah okay good Mm -hmm. but also you know as a tribute to mr rogers and what didn't he like used to like say every time he would feed the fish on his show because there was like a little blind girl who wanted oh, to know right. that the fish were being fed. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, and so he would describe that's what we're doing with yeah. the fish. It didn't have to be done in silence. Would, oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I read that once. Mr. Anyway. Rogers, man. Moving on. Hmm. So good. <laughs> that's right. He is an ordained Presbyterian minister. Did you know that? I, I think yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And brought many, many people a great deal of happiness. Much like we the good do news does. Him. We really could do a show on uh, on the apostolic, the the apostolate of fred rogers yeah that would be oh there you go 
Write that Stay down. Stay tuned. Noting it. Stay tuned, my so, friends. So we've been talking about evangelization and what evangelization is, announcing the good news mm-hmm. and that Jesus is the one we've been waiting for. All of creation was groaning after the fall mm-hmm. for a redeemer. And, uh, and so this is part of the mission that we're, we're reaching back into the, the groaning of the Old Testament for a Redeemer and a Savior. He has come. We know his name. He has told us his name. He has given us the mandate to announce him in every age until he comes back. And so everyone, that's right, you too are called to be an evangelist. And oftentimes you think, nah, it's not me. Like when I think evangelist, I think the person on TV, right, right. saying uh, put your hand on the television, yeah. you know. Um, that that it perhaps is an evangelist, but sure. to, to be an evangelist very simply is to be one who runs to your family, to your business, to your mode of life, and, and you announce Jesus Christ. Right. And as Olivia said in the previous segment, that doesn't always mean just saying, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because, mm-hmm. of course, the answer may vary by, by yeah. person you visit with. <laughs> yeah. but, but oftentimes the way that we ask that question is by simply living our yeah. lives yeah. as Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, I know that Father Dwight Longenecker is, uh, is a, he's a blogger extraordinaire, yeah. and he talks about how difficult it is to be an evangelist as a catholic now yeah, most specifically yeah so he was saying that at you know he was saying that christians of different traditions were asked percentage wise how important evangelization was for their own understanding of the christian faith now in this survey mainline protestants answered 60 percent mm-hmm. uh, evangel evangelical christians answered 85 percent catholics wow. three <laughs> Three percent. No, that that's it. Three percent. And so we as Catholics, wow. we, we you know, we struggle with this idea of evangelism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's because maybe it's for a whole different reasons. One of the things he mentions in his article or you know, his post is that, you know, we throw around this phrase that we attribute to to Saint Francis, preach the gospel at all times. Mm. If if necessary, use words. Mm. People, mm. one, <laughs> if you're using that phrase and you're you're really gonna live it then does your life, you know, evangelize? Mm-hmm. 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 Number two, sometimes you got to use words. Yeah. You just got to. Like, we, you know, we, you, you can't just throw around these, these phrases. You know, another phrase that we like to throw around is the new evangelization. Part of the new evangelization. Mm-hmm. And St. Francis didn't say any of those things. No. But that's, yeah. but that's none of my business. And, and the new evangelization is great if you know what it means and you practice what it does. You know, like and there is no new about it. I mean, it's, it's like... It's the evangelization. It's the evangelization. Yeah. Yeah. What we should be doing, this whole mandate, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so we as Catholics admittedly struggle with this idea. Yes. You know, and we, and we also talked before the show, we were talking a little bit about um, how we struggle to even evangelize other Catholics, mm-hmm. which is a funny thing because we kind of assume that everyone's in yeah, the store. And so therefore like, you're Catholic. Cool. I'm Catholic period. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, let's move. Let's go. Let's go grab a drink. It's like, no, do you talk about Jesus with your friends who are Catholic? And I dare say in society today, we use our Catholicism as a, um, an opportunity to not talk about our faith yeah. mm-hmm. with the following phrase. <clears throat> Well, I went to a Catholic school, so. Oh my God! You know, triggered. And 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 that's the thing is is oftentimes we think that that just kind of having the street cred of being Catholic yeah. is enough. Mm-hmm. 
But it isn't. Yeah. It isn't. Uh, as one of my dear friends says, uh, who's, a, who's a priest now, there ain't no gray on Judgment Day. You know, we actually are going to be judged on our deeds. Mm -hmm. St. Paul talks about that. We will be judged on our deeds, what we did, either good or evil. We'll have yeah. to answer for them. Yeah. And one of our good deeds is announcing the good news. Right. And we're going to be held accountable if we haven't. Yeah. If we haven't done that. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, I have a, a family member, member <laughs> who says, you know, I put in 12 years in a Catholic school. I think I'm, you know, I think I'm good. Yeah. No, boo-boo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, as you don't, you don't just store up credit. But, you know, that's part of, especially down here in the South, you know, Father Longnecker talks about 10, he lists 10, you know, problems. We'll go through a few of them. But one of them down here in the South that I think we struggle with a lot is cultural Catholicism. Yeah. And, you know, you're just kind of talking about that. The idea that, like, I was born into a Catholic family, you know, whether, you know, I'm Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic, whatever, you know, this is the culture that I live in. And and maybe I have some of the externals of that, sure. right? Like I wear my crucifix right. or I make the sign of the cross. Right. But I can check that off because that's, you know, that's part of my culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I can check that box off and I don't really have, I don't really, you know, go any further than that's part of my I, you know, like part of, it's something you are and not yeah. something so much that you do. Yeah. Cultural Catholicism can, can be the crust mm -hmm. uh, on, on top of us with, with nothing underneath, yeah. right? And, and yeah. that's the real danger yeah. of trying to lean into uh, our Catholicism only as a kind of a cultural marker. Yeah. Right. And that is, it's a real danger in the South, right? Where you have folks that, that very much live that way I yeah. mean, I'm, not, I'm not calling any of you out except for those of you that need to be called out right sure. what's what's underneath the crust is there mm -hmm. is there um is there a core of catholicism right is there a core of practicing the faith that you were baptized yeah. into yeah. yeah because that's another phrase i hear all the time i was born and raised catholic but but you yeah. know yeah. it's like yeah. okay <laughs> you know and it is it's a part of our identity which is a great gift mm -hmm. i mean i i love the fact that that's yeah. that's part of you know, I can be in the South, especially, and that, you know, I speak just from my own experience, but I can be in the South and that the, the traditions that we have, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, and she mentioned that, she's from North, from the North, from Boston, and she mentioned one of the parish names down here, St. John the Baptist Parish. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, I love that about, about Louisiana. She's not Catholic at all. In fact, the podcast is, you know, is sometimes not Catholic at all mm -hmm. um but you know she was saying she's like i love that that they're all you know ascension parish you're talking and, about the civil yeah, parishes it's part of, our, it's part of, okay. it's part of i'm sorry yeah uh, our civil parishes you know that's part of mm -hmm. you know uh, our culture down here right. asterisk we do not have counties we have yeah. civil parishes yes there you go that. Um, but that's i love that but there has to be more than that i can't yeah. just say mm -hmm. you know i was born and raised catholic in a catholic household in a mm -hmm. catholic parish yeah. Both there's a reason. And, yeah. yeah. There's a reason you were. Right. And the reason that you were is because an apostle yeah. went to the ends of the earth mm -hmm. and handed down the faith. Yeah. The uh, word, Jeff, for that is traditio. Tradition is the handing down. Mm -hmm. And that was handed down all the way to your probably great grandparents or great great grandparents that came to the United States and, uh, and, and therefore. Uh, pass the faith back on down to you. Yeah. And so it doesn't work just to be cultural. You have to allow that culture on the inside. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but stay right there. We'll be back.
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. have indeed found the Catholic underground. We are the podcast cutting through the noise. You can find the still small voice, by the way, that's Jesus, our Savior, our King, and indeed the chief evangelist because he is the good news, the word made flesh. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee, Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell, and Ed, both in space. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Inner yeah. space, man. <laughs> no no matter what yeah, Jeff Jeff may be in outer space, but he always goes in. He's he has a rich interior life, you know. Thank and you, that's Bobby. really the undiscovered country. Right? Is is the, yeah. the human heart. Yes. And the so final of, frontier. The final frontier, <laughs> as it were. I'm going to suspend Nerd all other That is the la- first and last time that will ever come out of my mouth. <laughs> Your early birthday present for you, uh, Father. Thank you. Yeah. No, and, but that's a beautiful thing. So the, the real, the inner space of, of the human mm-hmm. heart must be plumbed, must, must constantly be encountered. And we're talking about evangelization. Sure. And that's really what an evangelist does, is, is constantly goes to that undiscovered country of the mysterious human heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. as the Lord is mysterious but wishes to be known, the human heart is mysterious and wishes to be known because yeah. it was made yeah. in his image and likeness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I th- and, you know, sometimes when, we, when we're talking about evangelization and you're like, dude, I don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that is a cultural Catholic and I, you know, maybe I didn't even go to Catholic school. And, you know, look, we're not talking about people with degrees. The, none of the apostles had a degree in religion. None of them had sat in. They didn't in, even have a degree in fishing. No, <laughs> no. They had, what they had was a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. and an encounter and, a, and an open ear and an open heart. Right. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had sat in the school of Jesus's life. Right? And Jesus is preaching and Jesus is, you know, ministry mm-hmm. and witnessing to his he- like they have been witnesses to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm going to say this, but and that's it. Yeah. Like they didn't have any. other, And I say that with great respect, because that's a whole lot mm-hmm. to be. But they didn't have they weren't priests. They weren't. You know, they were young men, mm-hmm. uneducated fishermen, you know, Matthew is probably educated. Yeah. He wrote. Yeah. But, but they did come from these, part. they came from many disparate walks of life right. that you wouldn't imagine a person being called an apostle would be. Right. You know. So but that, I, th- I think, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think what sets them apart is that they're willing to ask, they're willing to be there, like you're saying, and they're willing to answer that call in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're willing to also be in the hard stuff and ask hard questions. Correct, right. as they did. And they, right. because they did, sometimes stupid questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If shout we're being out, honest. Shout out Peter. Yeah, I love <laughs> Peter. Literally, I love Peter because he's always willing to just ask the question, yeah. like the kind of question that everyone else in class is just gonna be like, dude, really? He's that guy. But, but they, had the same, they had the same question, mm-hmm. I, th- I would yeah. say. 
But some of them, like, like even when, um, is it James and John who are like arguing about like who's going to sit at the right hand of Jesus yeah, and have, yeah. like, yeah. I guarantee you they're not the only ones thinking about that. Oh, absolutely. Right? No. And the, hearing that conversation play out, the other ones are like, mm, what's going on? Yeah, there's what's a reason the that they listened. Yeah. There's a reason it was written down. <laughs> it's and because so, they were. Yeah. yeah. And so I think like what Kathleen's saying, like the lesson that we can learn from that, especially thinking about like cultural Catholicism is Number one, show up. Yeah. Number two, be willing to like sit in your, like kind of like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. sit in the doubt, sit in the question, right. yeah. but sit with Jesus. Right. And both of those things involve the will. Mm-hmm. So cultural Catholicism is a beautiful gift, right? Yeah. I too am, am born and raised Catholic, but there was a certain time in my life where I had to choose, Yes. Yeah. right? No one forced me to be confirmed. No mm-hmm. one forced me to go to, to mass in college. No one forced me to continue to, to set up a routine for confession, right? No one forced me to do those things, yeah. right? And that discipline but, is still hard, exactly. right? I out still of a love have for to, the Lord, yeah, yeah. I will do I this. I still have to like pick myself out of the mud and mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's an act of the will and cooperation with grace. Yes. And I have to be willing to just raise my head up and say, Lord, help me. Yep. And as long as you're willing to do that, Jesus will show up, but we have to be willing to do that. And that is perhaps the most important and overarching thing about what differentiates the apostles is that they they did come from many different walks. Mm -hmm. They came from many different experiences. Were they qualified to to be evangelists? No, they weren't. But what happened is Jesus began to qualify them by not only teaching them, but showing them the heart of the Father. Right. And because they can't do it on their own um, on their own merits, on their own broken and frail humanity, the Lord says, I will send you an advocate. I will send you the Holy sure, Spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, in addition to baptism, is what opens them up to the life of grace. It's what opens them up to be able to be to do superhuman things that they can't accomplish on their own merits. Right. Twelve men going out to the reaches of the earth is impossible except for the actions, the supernatural actions of grace. Yeah. And it's the same for us. Whenever you're baptized, whenever you are confirmed, please God, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not only are the gates of heaven opened, but you then have the capacity to do this superhuman work of going into these difficult terrains mm-hmm. to announce the gospel by the mode of your life. Yeah. It's not just by your words, but by the mode of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what breaks through the cultural Catholicism, right? That is the challenge. Are you going to rise up to, to the level of the grace that wishes to be given to you? And that is where we can break kind of out of that, well, I was raised Catholic, but. Yeah. Well, you know, if I was raised Catholic, but, if I'm a Catholic, but, then, then that means that I possibly am not responding to the life of grace. Yeah. Yeah. Because to respond to the life of grace is a challenge. It's a yeah. challenge for me. I'm a priest. Sure. It is a challenge for me to respond to the life of grace because usually it, it, it kind of smacks me in the face mm-hmm. and I'm called out. Ecclesia, by the way, is what a church is, to be called out and called together. I'm called out to, to evangelize. And oftentimes I do that by surrender to something that's greater than myself, surrendering to the grace of God. Because yeah. let me tell you, I can't do this on my own. No. Golly Moses, can well, I not do this on my own? No, and that's what one of the one of the things that Father talks about in his in his article is professional Catholics. Like we have this idea that the professionals can handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, those who are priests, religious sisters, you know, those are the evangelizers. 
those who teach and good night like i like you know i've talked about it before on the show like as as a teacher and i i would assume it's magnified as a priest but as a teacher i can't evangelize to the to the kids i can't teach the kids if they're not being taught at home yeah I can't I can't do it on my own. It's yeah. not, you know, Jesus didn't say, "Hey, you guys and anybody who's going to be a priest or a teacher, they're the only ones who can talk about Jesus to anybody else." Mm-hmm. And they're the only ones who should. Don't let don't worry about it. Like we we you can't. We can't sustain ourselves that way. And we yeah. are we're seeing that in our church is that mm-hmm. we can't sustain the church when we when we put that all on, you know, especially our priests. They they have so much to do <laughs> and so much to care about and so many people to care for, you know that if you leave it to the professionals, quote unquote, you know we're going down. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so yeah. so you don't have to be a. We talked about this. You don't have to be a professional. You just yeah. have to have an encounter with Jesus and be willing to talk about it. Yeah. Archbishop Fulton Sheen uh, said, "Who's going to save our church?" It's not our bishops, it's not our priests, and it is not the religious. It's up to you, the people. You have the minds, the eyes, and the ears to save the church. Your mission is to see that the priests act like priests, your bishops act like bishops, and the religious act like religious. So, I mean, essentially what he's saying is is that the church is not just the hierarchy. We can think, well, it's just the apostles. Mm -hmm. But no, the apostles went out, and the reason they were called out was so that we would call them the laity, so that, that everyone can be joined to that mission. Yeah. Yeah. And the apostles are kind of the, the, the major muscle groups that, that, and the sinews that bring right. all these parts of the body of Christ together yeah. mm-hmm. and bind them together in the sacraments. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a, um, a, a series this summer. I'm part of a series at a church where they're, they're t- we're talking about evangelization. We're reading a book and we're, we're going through it. Now, you know, the last meeting, I'm, we had to meet with new people, which, you know, of course... It's all. It's always I, like a middle school dance. Yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> I know you've been with sitting with people. the same people for three weeks. Change it up, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. I've worked all day, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I, ta- I sit next to this guy that I, you know, I'm talking to him, and he is a, I'm, I might get it wrong, but he's like a machinist. Like he works in a plant and he mm-hmm. puts together, and he's telling me about like. He crafting these parts. the parts and mm-hmm. he's like it's really an art and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. of course i'm is. with you and so i'm t- talking to him about his experience in at his workplace and you know and he's a very quiet guy very shy and i talked to him and he was telling me about how he got invited to like a protestant bible group mm-hmm. and and just the beauty of the discussions that they've had and how you know, he's like, I don't really say a lot, but when I did, like, they really listened. I'm like, yeah, that's the gift. Like, mm-hmm. that's the gift of, of you as a Catholic living your life. And then, you know, like, I, people, people see me a mile away coming. They know what I'm for. They know what I do. They know probably what I'm going to end up talking about, right? And so they, I, you have an advantage. Those of you who don't work for the church or don't, you know, uh, you know, don't teach or aren't, you know, religious brothers and sisters, you have an advantage mm-hmm. because, because people don't expect that from you. Mm-hmm. They aren't, they aren't going to expect you, you know, to, to come at them with a teaching of the church or they're not going to sit down with you at dinner and just grill you about, questions they've had about the faith that's right there's always an uncle carl at every dinner yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. like but when you speak when you act when you know so many people i i am a little envious of when they say oh yeah i was wearing my crucifix and somebody just asked me about it and i was able to you know tell them in the in the work you know break area 
about going to mass and I invited them and, and they came with me. And I'm like, that's so awesome. Like yep. it's, it's so awesome because that's what we're talking about. You don't have to, you know, wear a Jesus t-shirt with your Jesus bag and you know, your 800 medals on your, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. right? But that's not a necessity. Yep. And so if you're thinking about in your own, in your own self, like, well, what, you know, what is that for me? That's what it is. And it's not always sitting down and being like, well, you know, nice to meet you, but did you know that I'm a Catholic and we're going to talk about Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's not how it is. Check, check, please. <laughs> yeah, most people, yeah. right, are going to be like, I've had friends, you know, and and probably all of us have stories like this, but I've had friends growing, like growing up, and the more I got into my faith, and the more I put it on paper, mm-hmm. you know, and got a degree and and did what I did, I had so many people who just avoided me like the plague. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's difficult. It's difficult to evangelize like that. That's why we need everybody to be a part of that. That's correct. And well, and or the opposite, like, or people will see like, oh, well, you have a degree, so you're the encyclopedia, right? Right. Yeah. right? Whereas, like, Thomas Aquinas would say that, um, and he does say that um, the the woman praying her rosary at the back of the church during mass knows more about God. Mm-hmm. Than the most learned person in the university, right? Yeah. Right, and and why? It's because of what what we've been saying this whole yeah. time, right? Because she knows the yeah. heart of God. That's right. There yeah. is an encounter that has taken place and is taking place, yeah. which is, of course, why those those we would call them kind of culturally Catholic things, the, the externals, the rosary, right. your rosary, um, your 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 religious medals, um, mm-hmm. your your favorite religious reading. Those are meant to. The reason we call them, they're called sacramentals mm-hmm. is because they they are kind of um, lightning rods into the sacraments and specifically to the Eucharist. Right. And so, yeah, absolutely, these are all part and parcel. And so, you can evangelize with those things, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to do so, yeah. um, especially in the society in yeah. which we live today, where where those become political lightning rods, mm-hmm. and and not indications of a moral life that must right. be lived because I know Jesus Christ. Right. Who, right. who is not just a lawgiver, but rather he is the fulfillment of the law in love. Right. Right. And the question becomes, you may know a lot about God, but do you know God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, you know, even when we're looking at, uh, you know, at, at um, you know, all these things that make it difficult, why do Catholics not evangelize? One of them could be, right, as Father says, slack use of resources. If you're like, well, I don't know a lot about the faith. Look, he doesn't say there's, there is a lack of resources. There are resources to the nth degree. Almost too many yeah. sometimes and the church, it like, seems to pick I, from. Yeah. I always say this. I said, look, the church never says, hey, here's what we believe just cause. Mm-hmm. Never. There's so many like so many writings on why we believe from, from doctors of the church, popes, saints, lay people, priests, mm-hmm. bishops. It's out there. Yeah. We, and we've said this before, I've said it before at least, we are a headline generation of people. If it's not in the headline, we do not want to read it. Mm-hmm. You know. So when you look, pick up an encyclical that's, you know, if you're going to print it, is 150 pages off- offline. You're like, meh, give me the like the two minute read on this. Yeah. That's not how it works, right? So if you are one of those people who's like, look, I don't, I don't know a yeah. lot about what it is I'm supposed to evangelize, or how, or, you know, even, even. I don't even know why it is that I do what I do, right? We can, I can't, you, you, no one can evangelize what they don't know, yeah. 
right? And so if you, one, first off, if you don't know God, you can't evangelize for him. Yeah. You can't bring people to him, right? If you don't know what you believe as a Catholic, you it's hard to get people on board with you, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to be a witness to that, right? And so the Catholic Church has multiple resources yeah. out there and you know we've mentioned a myriad of them throughout our whole existence you know picks of the week here they come right um but these are things and there's there's one for every level right i had a guy the other day pick up the summa theologica for a light summer read <laughs> you know and i was like okay cool for you right but if you're like catholics for beginners i need that book pick mm -hmm. it up absolutely you know it's out there yeah it's like again archbishop sheen says if we love what is base we become base if we love what is noble, we become noble. Right. And, and it's the same thing with, with what we take in, right? The type mm -hmm. of things that we read. If, if, we, if we take in the gospel, we come to know Jesus Christ. We come to, to, to love him. Not just because we want to follow his teachings, but as Jesus tells us in the scriptures, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. If we come to see how he does what he does, why he does what he does, and there, as you, you, you say, have been many books written, but also part of the way that we live our lives as Catholics is encountering the why of Jesus in the liturgical life of the mm -hmm. church. The more and more we do that and we encounter Christ specifically in the liturgy, yeah. and the more we allow the works of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit to wash, not just over us, but into us, yeah. then the more we come into an encounter with the living Jesus Christ and not just an idea about him. Right. And so if we love what is noble, huh, that Jesus mm -hmm. is, is the one who calls us to himself and therefore to the Father, then we become what is noble. Yeah. And that's actually what, that's the, the change that is effected in us. This is the, the glorious exchange, is that as I lay myself before the Lord and I lay myself at the altar, the glorious exchange happens when the Lord gives me of himself, the sacramental life, the Eucharist. Yeah. And, and I then am changed into more than just human. Mm -hmm. I, I am changed to be like Jesus. The great, the great sin, the, the original sin, was I want to be like God on my own power, right, yeah. mm -hmm. apart from God. Well, of course that doesn't work. I can't divinize myself. Mm -hmm. But the way that this changes whenever Jesus Christ comes to us, the word made flesh, the one who wishes to draw us back up into the Father, is that through the sacramental life of the church and the Eucharist and the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we don't change ourselves into God. Jesus himself, God, changes us to be more like himself. Mm -hmm. And the way he does that is through the work of the Spirit, through the Eucharist. That's the good news that we have to announce. Yeah. That's the good news is that Jesus doesn't want us to be apart from him any longer. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be drawn up into his very life. And, and that is the good news that the world is just clamoring to hear. Yeah. But like so many things, I mean, I could, I could make any, everything a, a Star Trek reference. Mm -hmm. But um, in, in Star Trek, the motion picture, whenever this probe that's been amassing this knowledge for hundreds and thousands of years, right? Well, I guess hundreds of years. Yeah. It comes back to Earth and it wants to meet with the creator. Yeah. The creator, of course, is NASA. Oh. And so at the last minute, before it's about to meet the creator, it severs its radio uh, so it can't actually hear. 
It can't hear from, from NASA, its creator. And I think sometimes we do that. We, we get so close to saying, yes, I want the life of, of God. I, I want that to dwell within me. Mm-hmm. And I want to do all of those things. But at the last minute, whenever I actually have to let the rubber hit the road and go to confession mm-hmm. and, and say, yes, this is exactly what I want because the Lord is calling me, we sever the radio. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the, that's the twist, the, the demonic twist in our world today yeah. is to just change the frequency at the last minute. But the work of the evangelist is to consistently say, no, the Lord will be here, his church will be here, and, and it waits for you. Sharon in the chat room says, those who led me to the Catholic Church didn't even realize they were doing so. They just lived their lives. Yes. And that, I think, is, is what we're saying. We only got through like number one in this list from Father, Father yeah. Dwight Longenecker, but, but that's exactly what we're called to do. Not to just live our lives, but to live our lives with the purpose of being drawn up into the mysteries of, of the church, which are the mysteries of the heart of God themselves, which are unfolded to us over our lives. And if we do that, if we live that doing and not just being, then those come together and we actually can be evangelists by word and deed. Yeah. Yeah, because people... That was a homily, by the way. Yeah. Sorry, but I know. there you go. Yeah. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but but that's, that is the thing, right? If If we're always looking at you think about you think about our world today you know for me especially somebody comes in and you know their their makeup is on point i'm like oh girl where'd you get where did you get your makeup show me you know ooh. and they become a brand evangelist right right? yeah and so Mm -hmm. is that the same thing you know are we by the way that we live our life somebody's saying ooh, ooh, girl where did you get that i want Mm -hmm. it you know and and i tell my students all the time i ask them you know we're going back to the saint francis uh, not St. Francis quote, you know, but <laughs> can, can people tell that you are in love with Jesus Christ yeah. mm-hmm. without you ever saying his name? They may not know that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? But do they see something in you where they say, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want to be as joyful as that person is. I want to be, you know, as on fire for whatever it is. Yep. I want that purpose in my life. I want, you know, that, that meaning to be in my life. You know, and that that's that's truly what it is. We could go to evangelization class until we're blue in the face. We could have all the notes taken. We've listened to all the lectures. It doesn't matter if we're not living that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what people want. They say they see it. I want that. Saint yeah. Maximilian Kolbe said, "Be a Catholic. When you kneel before an altar, do it in such a way that others may be able to recognize that you know before whom you kneel." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he went. He went to the starvation chamber because he was unwilling to not be a witness for Jesus. Mm, yeah. He was unwilling to say, I, Mary doesn't matter to me. He was yeah. unwilling to say, the church doesn't matter. Yeah. No, he, he, he knelt in that starvation chamber uh, and sang hallelujah yeah. and yeah. taught others to do so. He was an yeah. evangelist, even though their future on earth was sealed. Yeah. You know, He sang until the very end. And he sang until the very end and eventually converted the, uh, the, yeah. the the Nazi that, mm-hmm. that was trying to, it was like, gosh, he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. He became a Catholic. And that that's an extreme experience of evangelization. Yeah. But we're called to the same thing. Well, that's the thing, too, isn't it? That, you know, at the, at the end of our life, mm-hmm. is the Lord going to say, hey, did you follow that suggestion I gave? No, he's going <laughs> to say, hey, did you follow that mandate? That's right, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and how well Teach them to it? observe yeah. all that I have yeah. taught you. Knowing, I mean, knowing, gosh, knowing what, what you know what would be the end for you know 11 out all but one mm-hmm. all but one of the the apostles was martyred 
you know, and, and Jesus didn't say, Hey, don't worry about a thing. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Jesus said, it's, it's, this is worth everything, yep. yeah. you know, and I, and I need you to do it. And he asked the same thing of us, yeah. you know, and at, and at the end, will we be able to say, Lord, I was a witness to your love in my life. Yeah. You know, and the reality being that like the help is there yeah. that we aren't left on, on our own devices. Even, you know, Maximilian Kolbe wasn't, uh, you know, ha- he didn't have some kind of like superhuman strength. Sure. He was a man of great virtue, but he was also a man who knew in that virtue, how to respond to grace and Correct. how to seek out mm-hmm. grace. And I, I think about like St. Augustine, um, in some of his, uh, uh, commentaries, I think it's on one of the letters of John. He says, you are the body of Christ. Be what you are. Yeah. Right. Very simply. So there's grace in being part of the body of Christ through the sacraments of initiation, right? If we cooperate with that grace, it is truly efficacious. Correct. Right? It we has will, effect. We will become what we are. Yep. And we will transform the world. But all it takes is that silent, sometimes just whisper, like, yes, mm-hmm. I do want that. I don't know what it looks like, but I do want that. And yep. That's what the apostles did. And that will transform the world, even if it's just your world, even if it's just this tiny, like, one-inch radius around you, it's transformative. Yeah, it is. Um, With the few moments that we have left, uh, because it's been an action-packed show, why don't we turn to that part, that little whisper of the show that we like to call... The CU Pick of the Week. All right, quick picks of the week. This week, uh, Kathleen, what you got? Booyah, I got, okay, so we have a, a local priest down in Homa, Louisiana, uh, Father Bryce Higginbotham. If you I haven't him. YouTubed him, please do. He is the most cheerful little priest yeah. you've ever met in your life. Super <laughs> holy is. dude. Yeah. Great crossfitter. <laughs> it's awesome. Brilliant. Um, he wrote a book called Daily Lessons from the Saints, 52 Weeks of Inspiration and Encouragement. It is awesome. I bought it. Well designed. It's mm-hmm. it's. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. so we're talking about St. Saint, Saint Isidore, St. Saint Mark, St. Catherine of Siena. And so what it does is it go one week per saint, sometimes pair of saints. Mm-hmm. Starts, of course, with Our Lady. Holla at your girl. Um, and you can read it, like he says. You can start on January 1st and read, you know, roughly they f- follows the liturgical calendar. But you can pick it up at any point. He says it's meant to be practical and inspire your life. You and it has. So there it is. Oh, yeah. He's headed yeah. to Rome to yep. do studies in scripture. Wow. Olivia. All right. My pick of the week is Google Arts and Culture. Um, I use this resource in my class. Uh, I teach a class oh. on theology through art. So obviously, you know, um, but it's got so many different um, ways to get involved with. If you want to learn more about like artistic movements, if you want to create your own melody with the help of maestro composers if you want to make your face into an artistic work or if you just want to learn more about you know um different famous works of art they'll they'll highlight different you know um famous works every you know kind of week and it's an app yeah yeah it's an app on your phone um you can learn about you know today in art history um it's very interactive um, and it's a great resource in a, so many different ways, exhaustively different ways. And one so. of the beautiful things about even Google Arts and Culture is that you can't escape the Christian witness. Oh, no. 
because it it's is everywhere. Christianity that forms most of art and culture, especially in the mm. West. Mm-hmm. Mm. My pick of the week is actually an oldie but a goodie, one of my favorites, uh, Catholicism for Dummies by Father John Tregilio. Oh, yeah. uh, a fantastic book. And of course, Father Ken Brigenti, if you listen to Web of Faith on EWTN on Catholic Radio or, or EWTN itself, um, they are the two priests who answer the questions. And so Catholicism for Dummies is a, a fantastic introduction to the faith. In fact, I still use it today whenever I need a launching point for catechesis. And so uh, I find it a very, very useful tool. And sometimes every now and then when somebody comes into the office and they're like, I just need the basics, Father. Yeah. Catholicism for Dummies is is a really, believe it or not, a very good book. And Father John Tregilio is a, a great yeah. priest. Cool. And sometimes you can find the Catholicism for Dummies uh, like Max Pack. It's like three or four of their books all together in one volume. Ooh. And uh, and I, I, if I can find that, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, in fact, this might be the one that has um, all the different books in it. But yeah, so you get what Catholics believe, how the church is structured, the rite of the mass, details about the sacraments, how body and soul play a part and aren't just separate things because they're not, um, important rules of the church, ways to grow in faith, 10 popular saints, so many ways in which you can, again, maybe start that work of allowing yourself to be evangelized because faith comes not just through hearing, but we become oftentimes what we consume, and that includes what we read as well. So Catholicism for Dummies, the Google Art Project, and Daily Lessons from the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those are some good, uh, good resources for you, especially in this work of evangelization. Jeff. Yes. As always, as always, <laughs> Catholic Underground is made possible. Yes, uh, by uh, well, become an undergrounder, and you yes. do that by going to CatholicUnderground.com mm-hmm. forward slash donate. You That's can help right. us out there, and, and uh, it's very, very easy to do. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what I always like to say, if you're going to follow us, yeah, be sure and like us and heart us and leave a good comment for those uh, places that you may uh, right. be listening to the podcast. Too. That way they'll know. They'll know that this yes. is worthwhile. It's worth subscribing. It's worth clicking, you know. Uh, so, so for all of you who have been our benefactors and our prayer warriors and our listeners and our viewers, we thank you so much yes, for your indeed. presence. And, uh, and we certainly look forward to, well, many more shows in the future. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee at Kaylee626 on the Instagram. Yep. Olivia Galino is at the dot real dot OMG on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to see some of the beautiful confections that she has oh, baked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Blackwell is our technical director at Jeff Blackwell is on Twitter. Thanks, Jeff. Always a privilege, Father. Ed Ball is our video director. And Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Digital Catholic. You have been listening to the Catholic Underground, cutting through the noise. You can find that still small voice. We, my friends, will see you next time.